Hello, and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen. Joined today, last second, by a great friend, Ryan Kearney. Um, thanks for joining us, Ryan, senior draft analyst. It's not like we're going to entirely kick you off this show because I like, honestly, you adding you to the mix has been like a really nice change of pace and like you're a really nice presence to have around, but you do have other podcasts and stuff. So we're going to give you a heavy dose of Ryan this week. We're going to give you Ryan today, Ryan Friday to recap the first round and then Ryan probably next Monday to talk about like draft winners and losers. And then we're going on our podcast vacation while I graduate. I'm going to go on a two-week vacation. Might do like an NBA show for fun where I just shoot the shit about the NBA with Audrey and Aramis but uh, and Tori. But that's still up in the air. But expect us to be back in late May, early June. Because as Ryan knows, the NFL kind of goes into hibernation in May. And it's it's kind of nice to take an NFL break for a little while before we get back into the heavy previews in uh, July, which maybe Ryan will join us back for some of those, or maybe we'll, we'll just have him on for the NFC East. But Ryan, you're definitely in the mix now as a very regular guest on this podcast. We have enjoyed having you. And uh, Trey sends his best wishes, but he is working on like 18 different articles for seven different websites. Uh, working on some last second draft coverage. So he will be with us Friday morning, I believe. So that'll be all good. All right. Wasting no more time here, Ryan. We're going to do a mock draft today. Plus, we're going to talk about 10 guys that we haven't talked about yet. That will likely go in the first round. When they come up, you have a list. We will talk about that, those players. But everyone else that we've already kind of talked about, like the edge players, wide receivers, all that jazz, probably won't spend as long on. Our hope is from this minute on at 10.09, I'm hoping that we're done at like 10.39. So now that I've talked for 10 minutes straight, how are you? Are you ready to go? Yeah, I'm doing great today, Eric. Thank you very much for, for the kind words. Love talking drafts. So to be able to come on the pod and just talk draft the entire time I'm here has been a lot of fun for me as well. So I'm glad that you've enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I mean, NFL draft day is tomorrow, like you said, for us right now recording. So always one of my favorite days of the year. So yeah, we can uh, we can get right into it and uh, share some mock draft stuff. Let's do it. And uh, do we want to do trades in this mock draft? I feel like if if you think a team will trade to a pick, Maybe just bring it up quickly and I'll throw the most unrealistic trade in there or we'll just use the force trade function and uh, do that. So, yeah, that's how we'll deal with trades. All right. Here we go. The Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe last time I went first. So I think this time I'll go the even numbers. So I will let you go first. Jacksonville Jaguars. And this is not what we would do necessarily, but what we think teams will do. All right, let's begin. Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. Yeah, Jaguars at one. You know, I think for a long time, this pick would have definitely been Agent Hutchinson. You move on, like you said, just picking on what we think this team will do, the Jaguars. I'm going to go with Trayvon Walker first overall. Seems like there's been a lot of smoke lately on the Twitter streets of Walker going first overall. So seems like that's kind of the direction they're going to go. So I'll go with Trayvon Walker first overall to the Jags. Yeah, Um to me, that's like the dumbest thing the Jags can do. Like, that's like the most Jags pick, though, because 
it's totally jags to be like, oh, let's not take the proven commodity that's going to immediately make us better and just right. based on upside. So I guess that's fun. Can't wait for Trent Balky to figure out that that was a mistake and be fired next December. So good, good for him, I guess. Yeah. Uh, number two, I mean, couldn't have worked out better for Detroit Lions. If you had gone Aiden Hutchinson, I really think they'd consider Malik Willis here. But they'll take Aiden Hutchinson, best player available, and the local kid to get another edge rusher. And then suddenly they have a pretty nice edge duo there. I forget who the other guy was that had a pre pretty good year last year, but pretty good edge duo right now in Detroit. Do you know who I'm talking about? I, I just – that name has – NFL uh, well, rosters I mean, they had, have escaped uh, to me. They had Trey Flowers, but did he leave uh... – no, it, it, his, it was like Prince something, Prince, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just totally wrong. Okay. All right, the Texans on the clock. Let's keep rolling through this thing here. Yeah, Texans at three. You know, this is kind of an interesting spot. I think they could definitely go in a couple directions. I think Stingley's possible if they want to grab one of the tackles with Aquanu or Neal. I think that's possible as well. But I'm going to go with uh, Kayvon Thibodeau right here. I think he just kind of fits in with what the Texans are trying to do. Kind of reminds me of like Mario Williams when they took him first overall, uh, you know, many years back to Devion Clowney. Seems like the Texans are very much a team like, hey, we're betting on upside. And I think Thibodeau is, is definitely a, a really strong edge rusher in this class. So three straight edge rushers to start the uh, start the draft, but I'm going to go with Thibodeau to uh, the Texans at three. Yeah, that's absolutely a, a fair pick there. I just want to add on Thibodeau. I've never, I have not understood why teams have gotten like surprisingly low on him lately. I've watched his entire career at Oregon and all he did was produce. So like the fact that he was just such an insane producer at the college level just makes me think that taking those guys is usually safe. So like, Kayvon Thibodeau at three makes a lot of sense to me. All right, the Jets at four. Uh, I kind of don't buy that Debo Samuels is getting traded. That, that's just something I don't believe in, and maybe that's dumb of me. But I think this draft for them is about um, protecting Zach Wilson. And I don't know if you've seen this stuff, uh, Ryan, about Makai Becton, but, like, uh, Apparently he's still not showing up and like kind of like really overweight still. So I feel like I need to stop saying like, as I, I noticed that is a verbal tick of mine. I feel Evan Neal is going to be the pick here. Just get a solid tackle to protect Zach Wilson and, and keep, you know, because they already have some decent wide receiver weapons It's a deep wide receiver draft they're probably not going to be able to get a tackle at 10. So I'll, I'll take Evan Neal here. Yeah, Neal would be my best player available. You know, he's played right tackle at Bama. So even if they do get Becton back, that'd be a pretty nice duo. And I know their general manager, Joe Douglas, big offensive line fan coming from the Philadelphia Eagles family. So like that pick a lot with Neal going forward to the Jets, the other New York team, the football giants. I think they're also looking at tackle here and best player available is going to be Akeem Aquanu at this point of the draft. They already got Andrew Thomas on the left side, but you can roll with Thomas and Aquanu as a, as a pretty good offensive line mix uh, to help see if they can turn around their offense. New head coach, Brian Dable there. So definitely going to go with Akeem Aquanu at five to the Giants. Uh, Panthers. Quarterback. They're desperate. They need to take a quarterback. 
but I feel like everything I've been saying feels like they're going to take a tackle. So I'll just say Charles Cross here. Okay. I like that. I like Cross a lot. Panthers just have a lot of needs. So, I mean, I think that uh, Cross would be among the best players available. Moving on to Giants back on the clock. I just got them. Kimaquanu, obviously at five, back on the clock here at seven. You know, another situation where the Giants have a lot of holes. I even think they could go potentially receiver here, but I'm going to end up going with Kyle Hamilton here. The uh, safety out of Notre Dame. I feel like he's the best player available overall. I know there's some good corners still out there, but I feel like with the Giants, I feel like getting an impact guy is, uh, you know, a high priority. And uh, I think they may like Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. All right, Kyle Hamilton, not a guy we talk so much about, but I just want to say I'm so terrible at evaluating safeties because you just never know who's going to be a good fit and who's not. For me, one of the biggest guys that I watched college tape of and was like, oh, that's my guy, and who just has not translated as well to the NFL is like Isaiah Simmons. Like you watch a tape on Isaiah Simmons at Clemson and you're like, oh my God, this is a no doubt all pro at strong safety. And then it just doesn't come to fruition. But Kyle Hamilton feels like safety is just kind of a dice roll. I don't know. Feels like it's hard to evaluate these guys. Um, but his film says he's like one of the best defensive players in the draft hands down. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, he missed some time last year with a knee injury. So, of course, that's of concern. But I think that there's a lot amount of upside. And given the fact that the Giants, they already grabbed their tackle, you know, at five, if they're able to do that, if it's Neil or Quanu, then I think they can kind of look to say, OK, we're, we're looking to upgrade the defensive side of the ball as well. And uh, for me, the, the top player is going to be Hamilton, even with the, uh, the two corners with Gardner and Stingley still there. Falcons, honestly, like Falcons. Popular pick might be one of the corners here, but I'm honestly going to go Jamison Williams. To me, that's like a perfect landing spot for him. A guy that's not going to be ready till October. It's not going to matter. The Falcons aren't going to be competitive in October. They'll get him back. They'll get him up to speed. Maybe Calvin Ridley comes back from that suspension next year. Yeah, I'd like a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud, and then suddenly you have Calvin Ridley and Jamison Williams and Kyle Pitts on your offense, plus a young quarterback. And that's like an exciting offense and a pretty quick rebuild. So I'm going to go Jamison Williams. Yeah, Williams is my top receiver in this class as well. Uh, I mean, I just think the pure speed is, is hard to overlook. And, you know, he's got incredible ball tracking as well. So I like Williams a lot there. Seattle now, you know, not actually Seattle's original pick. They traded that to the Jets for Jamal Adams. This is the pick they got from your Broncos, Eric, and the Russell Wilson trade. So there's potential I could see for Malik Willis to go here for sure. I think this is kind of a, a realistic spot where, where Seattle could think to grab him, but I'm actually going to go with Derek Stingley at this point. Obviously you could take a mod Gardner with, with both top corners there, but to me, Seattle, they really kind of scream, you know, upside. And, and I don't think there's many players in this draft that is as high of upside as Derek Stingley, especially when you go back and watch some of his 2019 tape at LSU, lots of like with Stingley and I'm going to take him here for Seattle at pick nine. Yeah. For Jets. Um, I think that there's a realistic chance they trade this pick for, I guess, Debo Samuel, maybe. I don't really think Debo Samuel's getting traded, but if he were to get traded, I feel like the Jets are the landing spot because they just offer a boatload from some of the tweets you see out there. But for the purpose of this, I don't think that trade goes through, but I also don't think in this situation they take a wide receiver right away. I feel like they're weirdly competent in the wide receiver core that they have. 
and they could use an edge rusher or a cornerback and Sauce Gardner's still there. You throw him in Robert Sala's defense and suddenly you have a pretty decent defense there for Seattle. Uh, I think I'll go Sauce Gardner here. Okay, I like that. Washington football team here at pick 11. You know, they just traded for Carson Wentz. I, I still don't think we're going to get a quarterback pick at this spot. Washington seems to always kind of take linemen. That's kind of always what I uh, what I noticed with them. They, they took a linebacker last year in the draft, of course. But uh, I'm actually going to go with Jordan Davis here, the uh, defensive lineman from Georgia. I feel like they just always load up that that defensive line, and they have so many good players there already. But, I mean, hey, I, I think Jordan Davis would, would kind of fit in with what Washington likes to do on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm going to take him here to Washington football team at – or Washington Commanders, I guess. They have a name now. So Washington Commanders, I'll go with Jordan Davis here. Yeah, he was one of your guys on your list. You want to quick just touch on what, what, what kind of he offers? Yeah, I mean, I think with Jordan Davis, you know, you, you get a lot of potential. You kind of know, like, what he is. He's, he's an absolute stuffer in the run game. You know, when you have, like, a 3-4 scheme, for example, you know, you throw him at nose tackle right over the ball, and, uh, you know, he's just going to kind of, you know, block shed and cause havoc. Not necessarily as much upside and the uh, pass rush side, but I think when you have a team like the Commanders, who already has guys like Montez Sweat and Jonathan Allen and uh, Chase Young, of course, guys that can get after the, the quarterback, I think Davis could really fit in and, uh, you know, fill out that role perfectly. Yeah, I, I think that that makes sense. Adding to that defensive line, they've already got so many good players yeah. there, but it, it just feels like that's kind of the uh, identity of the commanders is a defense and hope Carson Wentz doesn't hurt you too much. Yeah. Um, the Vikings, very interesting to me, kind of like some weird, like interior line needs could go edge rusher could go corner. Um, but you know, I think I'm going to go edge just because it is such a deep edge class and some of the guys remaining on, on the board. I feel like George Karloftis is like a pretty Minnesota pick. Uh, well, uh, stays kind of in big 10 country and uh, heads to the Vikings. Yeah. I like that. Karloftis is definitely one of my favorite players. I think that's good value for Minnesota there to uh, continue to improve their D line. Texans now on the clock at 13. This is the trade they got from the Cleveland Browns in the Sean Watson trade. I already got them Kayvon Thibodeau at pick three. Here's where it kind of gets interesting, though. I'm going to take a quarterback here. I'm going to go with Malik Willis, the quarterback from Liberty here to the Texans. You know, they really only have Davis Webb and just traded to Sean Watson. So certainly a position that they need to improve as just about everywhere on the field. But I'm going to go with Malik Willis here. I like the upside. I think he'll be able to, you know, get a lot of reps and uh, be able to develop, you know, may take some time for sure, but I think Willis would definitely be the guy here for the Texans. Okay. I kind of disagree with this pick. I thought Davis Mills, like at the end of last year, looked really, really good as a quarterback and as a guy that could make a year two kind of developmental leap into being an average starting quarterback, which would be a massive upgrade for them. Yeah, so, I, I think that's a fair point too, but I also I'm, think I'm that here. you're not necessarily forced to play Willis right away in week one, which is not something I think he's ready for. I think Willis is going to need some time to adapt, adjust, learn an NFL offense, learn how things operate at a non-Liberty independent school. So I, th I don't think that's necessarily a problem or something that would uh, you know hinder the Texans from going after Willis. I think having Mills there allows them the ability to bring along Willis a little bit slower and uh, you know make sure we're, we're developing him the right way. Let's take a break. Trey, 
Unfortunately, the reality of human life is that someday we will all pass on. No one wants to think about it. It's an uncomfortable topic, but it's important to take care of you and your loved ones when that day comes. That's right, Eric. Fortunately for our listeners, we know of a great guy that can help you set up your wills and trusts. Absolutely, Trey. Our friend Andrew McCullough has you covered. You can find him on Twitter at A-M-C-C-U-L-L-O-U-G-H-105. His DMs are open, and he and the folks at Brindley Sullivan can help you take care of you and your family's estate planning needs. Don't just take our word for it, though. Here is University of Utah star and current draft prospect, Britton Covey, to tell us more. Hey guys, Britton Covey here. As my long time at the University of Utah is coming to a close, it's time for me to start thinking about my future. There's no one I trust more than Andrew McCullough at the firm of Brindley Sullivan for my estate planning needs. Give his office a call to set up a free consultation at 435-673-9220. Andrew's firm is headquartered in St. George, but he spends plenty of time along the Wasatch Front taking care of his needs. So call him and tell him that Britton Covey sent you. More info at trustyourtrust.com. All right, but Ravens here. It was brought up to me. I heard Daniel Jeremiah just talking in an interview that the Ravens just love to take big guys, better defensive linemen. So I'll just take the best defensive lineman on the board in Devontae Wyatt. And then suddenly the Ravens are rolling up with Devontae Wyatt and Calais Campbell up front. And suddenly you look at the front seven and it's nasty. I think the Ravens are like one of the most slept on teams this off season. I feel like if Lamar Jackson gets back and if they even take a second round wide receiver to continue helping develop with weapons, JK Dobbins is coming back. Like I feel like the Ravens could be a massive player in the AFC this year. Yeah. I like the Ravens a lot. Why it definitely fits in, you know, Ravens, they always build with that defense and uh, D line is a good spot. Eagles here on the clock. Not the Eagles' original pick. They got this from the Dolphins in a draft day trade last year in the first round. So the Eagles here picking at 15. And one of my favorite players in the draft, I'd be absolutely stoked if this guy ends up going to the Eagles. But it's going to be Andrew Booth, cornerback from Clemson. Had a little bit of injury troubles that I think have uh, you know moved him a little bit down in terms of where the league views him. But I think the upside is so high with Andrew Booth. Love the athleticism, love his ability to read coverages. And I think the Eagles having a need at the other corner spot opposite Darius Slay. They just lost Steven Nelson in free agency. Still have Avante Maddox in the slot, which I think where he's best fit. Let's take Andrew Booth and, and throw him at outside corner opposite Darius Slay. Yeah, the Saints on the clock. Obviously, massive need at wide receiver. Maybe Mike Thomas comes back. It's still kind of unknown. Uh, I know a lot of people really like Garrett Wilson, but I think the better Ohio State wide receiver is Chris Olave, and I think he'd fit into that system pretty well. So I'll take Chris Olave. Yeah, I like Olave as well. I, I definitely think I could see that fit with the Saints. Moving on now, LA Chargers, team that made a lot of noise this offseason in terms of some of the guys they've been able to bring in. I think for me at this pick, Mexico going to go with Devin Lloyd, your guy here, Eric, Utah linebacker. I think he's just a super athletic player. Could really fit in in terms of what the Chargers are trying to do on the defensive side of the ball. Guys like Kenneth Murray and, uh, you know, I, I think he'll make a nice linebacker duo with him. Again, another guy they've taken recently in the first round. Obviously, you have Derwin James as well. Athletes all over the field on the defensive side. I'm going to go with Devin Lloyd here for the Chargers. Yeah, hands down to me, Devin Lloyd, best linebacker in the class. Yeah. Just an insane athlete, 
awesome in coverage, like pretty good all around. And that's a major weakness on the Chargers. The past really like five or six years, they have not had a capable inside linebacker. So to add him, it really would help shore up a run defense that was one of the worst in the league last year. And I, I really like that pick. So now, ironically, I'm picking for your team, the Eagles, Andrew Booth Jr., obviously, the other pick. It feels like the Eagles have just been haunted by wide receivers forever passing on Justin Jefferson. But they get a guy, a speedy little guy who could, who some people have compared to Tyreek Hill a little bit in the way his body sizes and kind of the way he plays. I think Garrett Wilson would be, I, I think the Tyreek Hill pick comp is a little weird just because no one's Tyreek Hill, but Garrett Wilson does seem like a nice kind of secondary option to have alongside Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard. And yeah, I just feel like uh, with that, it'd give Jalen Hurts some good weapons to see if he can develop further as a passer. Yeah, I like Garrett Wilson a lot. I think that would be a lot of fun matching him, obviously, with Devontae Smith there for the Eagles. I like that. New Orleans Saints, back on the clock. They made that funny trade with the Eagles. So this was the Eagles' original pick, but the Saints are here picking. You just got him, Chris Olave. I think the Saints could go a lot of ways here, but I'm going to go with Trevor Penning, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. Obviously, they just lost to Ron Armstead and free agency. It's a big loss. Going to need to be able to replace him, of course, and I think Trevor Penning's the best remaining offensive tackle in the draft. Okay, Trevor Penning off the board. Here the Steelers didn't quite make an aggressive enough move to get up and trade for Malik Willis. A lot of Steelers fans think that's happening. Um, you know, quarterback is obviously a need, but I, re- I really do feel like, you know, Mike Tomlin's not feeling any pressure. He's got the most secure job in the NFL there are still some holes on this roster, specifically at offensive line and wide receiver since they lost Juju Smith. But, you know, I don't think it would hurt for them to gamble on a quarterback. But I'm not going to go the classic Kenny Pickett pick here. I actually think another guy that just fits perfectly as like a Steeler because everyone's like, oh, great character, all this stuff. Desmond Ritter, I feel like a surprise pick, but one that might go off the board here if the Steelers miss out on Malik Willis. Yeah, I've seen that a lot as well, Ritter to the Steelers. I think that would be a cool landing spot for them. You know, obviously they they need some help in that situation. Their their quarterback room, uh, you know, is, is certainly a need. So I like the Ritter pick there. New England Patriots on the clock here at 21. Oh, excuse me, I guess Patriots are making me sick, but All right. New England Patriots, you know, this is an interesting one. I think for me with the Patriots, you know, they lost JC Jackson and free agency to the Chargers. So I think corner is is a logical spot here for them to go. And Trent McDuffie's still on the board, but I'm actually going to go here with a different player. I'm going to go with Daxton Hill, safety from Michigan. He just kind of screams like Patriots type player, just a smart, instinctual player, not necessarily going to wow you with, you know, his incredible speed or, um, you know, raw athletic traits, even though he is pretty athletic for sure. But I think Daxton Hill's just been a really kind of underrated player for Michigan the last few years and would really kind of fit in with what Bill Belichick likes to do on their defense. Just a smart football player. Patriots love that, of course. So I like Daxton Hill here to the Patriots. All right. That would also continue the trend of just like, 
random dude that the Patriots take. Right. That, that, that I like, had to put it into account for sure. They're not taking best player on the board. Everyone's like, huh? What you yeah. doing, Bill Belichick? Like Mac Jones needs some weapons. Like why are you passing on him? Right. I'll tell you a guy who needs some weapons. It's Aaron Rodgers. And like, honestly, couldn't have fallen to a better spot. Currently, he's got uh, Alan Lazard, Robert Tanyan on his team. Those are the two biggest wide receivers, wide receiving threats in, and I know Robert Tanyan's a tight end in Green Bay. But I feel like you kind of need some speed and like kind of a quick guy that kind of slips tackles so i'm gonna go a guy i've heard a lot about here but i haven't actually watched but a lot of draft people love him i'm gonna go sky Moore here i feel like that's like a nice little pick where alan lazard's kind of your typical bigger like possession receiver that they can kind of go after um i feel like sky Moore's a nice guy for them to be able to add and aaron Rodgers got another deep threat there and suddenly the offense doesn't look as you know hopeless as it does right now yeah i like it interesting as well with drake london still on the board but yeah it seems pretty obvious to me the packers need to go receiver so i like more as well arizona cardinals here on the clock at pick 23 i think it would be hilarious if they took a quarterback and everyone starts crying over what's happening with kyler murray but i'm not going to pick that for chaos purposes I'm actually going to go with an edge rusher here who, you know, is pretty good. I could definitely see him going higher than this, but Jermaine Johnson, edge rusher from Florida state, a Georgia transfer. I think there's a lot to like with him. And given the fact that the Cardinals just lost Chandler Jones in free agency, I think they're going to want to, you know, dip into that a little bit more, help out the edge rushers. And I think Jermaine Johnson would be a solid pick here for the Cardinals. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cowboys, obviously we know what's going to happen here. Jerry Jones is going to be like, okay, I have these obvious needs that like guard and tackle, but like there are so many flashy toys still available and he's going to catch himself thinking like, okay, I just had to get Amari Cooper gone. The fan base is kind of low on the offense. You know, let's just go Drake London right here. And everyone's like, oh my God, look at the Cowboys. They're drafting another star wide receiver. This offense is going to be unstoppable. And Yet somehow by like January, the offense will be like very middling. So that feels like a very Cowboys pick. Yeah, I like it. Obviously you traded Amari Cooper this off season, you know, going to want to continue to load up that offense, even though it is already pretty good. So I think London would definitely be among the best players remaining. I got the Buffalo Bills here at pick 25 back on the clock. I, I like what Buffalo does. I feel like they always just kind of take guys that it's like, oh, we're kind of surprised this guy's here. You wish everyone did that. Best player available, of course. But I'm going to go with N'Kobe Dean here, linebacker from Georgia. I think you throw him in the middle with Tremaine Edmonds, and you already have such a loaded you know, defensive back room. Uh, once they lost Trey White last year, that really kind of changed things. But really like what Buffalo does on the defense, and I think the Kobe Dean is an absolute stud. You know, you, you throw him next to Edmonds, as I said. I, I think that could make for a really fun inside linebacking duo. So going to go with N'Kobe Dean here to the Buffalo Bills. Okay, I'm going to need some help here with the Titans. I really think they're going to take a guard. Who's the best guard available right now, Ryan? Yeah, I think strictly guard purposes, I would go with Zion Johnson from uh, Boston College. Uh, I also like Kenyon Green from Texas A&M as well. But um, I think at this point of the draft, I think taking uh, Zion Johnson from BC would be a good pick. Yeah, so that's what the Titans will be doing. Okay, there we go. Do you want to take the Bucks then since I gave you that one? 
Oh no, it's fine. I just uh, I just needed some help identifying guards. <laughs> Respect. All right, Tampa Bay Bucks on the clock here at pick twenty-seven. They don't have to take a quarterback because Tom Brady is coming back. It's obviously very nice. You know, Bucks here at, at this point, I think there's a lot of ways they could go. I think interior O line is, is definitely a strong one. I'm gonna maybe take a low bias approach here, but they took Tristan Wirfs two years ago. One of my favorite offensive tackle prospects that I've scouted coming out of Iowa. I'm going to go with one of the favorite center prospects I've scouted, Tyler Linderbaum here. I think the Bucs are going to continue to look to load up. You know, they had had Ryan Jensen for a long time, but I think taking Linderbaum will really be able to shore up a lot of their needs in the interior O-line. So go with Tyler Linderbaum here to the Bucs at pick 27. All right, Packers still on the clock. I really do think that their whole thing is like, okay, we traded – away Devontae Adams let's just keep loading up on weapons Trylon Burks here I feel like is a logical pick for them I'm going to take him okay I like it I like Burks a lot all right that brings up the Kansas City Chiefs on the clock next year I also think receiver could be a potential spot obviously given that they traded away Tyreek Hill which is still insane to me a little bit but receivers still on the board there's definitely still some good ones uh, at this point of the draft but I'm actually going to go with Jahan Dotson here from Penn State Maybe is a little bit surprising, but he's been one of the more fun players I've been able to scout while in college. I really like what I see from Dotson, and uh, I think he could fit right in with uh, what the Chiefs like to do. So I'll go with Dotson here. Yeah, shocking to me, this player is still on the board. He's fallen all the way down here. But a, a cornerback we talked about as one of the top three corners in the draft, Trent McDuffie, I feel like he's a nice little ad for Spag's defense. Uh, I feel like he would just be a classic kind of middling guy that Steve Spagnuolo just like coaches up a lot to be a pretty decent corner by the end of the year. So I'm going to go Trent McDuffie. Okay. I like it. Really instinctual player should help out the chiefs Cincinnati Bengals here on the clock at pick 31. I think if there was not an offensive lineman taken here, there'd be riots in the city of Cincinnati, Ohio. So I'm going to go with Kenny green guard from Texas A&M. They obviously were very much exposed in the Super Bowl, and they didn't have an O-line. Got to take O-line here. Kenny Green's the best player available for me in the interior. So the Lions, they miss out on Malik Willis, obviously. They have a lot of needs. That's true. They still need a corner. Eh, see, I just don't know about that. Like, Kyrie Elam here, I feel like. Where where is the Lions' first second round pick? They pick first in the second round, right? Do they still have their first second round pick? Uh, I think they actually pick second in the second round after the Jags. Okay, yeah. So you're probably still gonna be able to take a corner in the yeah. second round, like two picks from now. This is a weak quarterback class, but I just refuse to believe the NFL draft will have a year where less than three quarterbacks get taken in the first round. So Kenny Pickett's still on the board. Jared Goff's a nice bridge guy. Kenny Pickett's probably not that much better than Jared Goff, but still that's a nice little camp battle to have and something you can kind of sell your fans for while you're in the rebuild. And if Kenny Pickett ends up being just mediocre, you're probably still going to have some pretty high picks next year, but you can try to trade for one of the good quarterbacks next year. So I'm going to go Kenny Pickett. I like it. All right. So that's the first round of the NFL draft, I am going to say download this image and I'll put that up on, um, I will put that up on 
the podcast Twitter when this comes out. We successfully did this in about 30 minutes. But, Ryan, before we go, did want to talk about running backs. Obviously, a lot of running backs don't go in round one, but there are some guys that I really like that are coming out. Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, James Cook. I'll just say my piece, and then you can kind of attack on all these. I feel like Brees Hall is the most complete. He he seems like a pass catching back and like a guy that can play all three downs. Kenneth Walker, everyone says he can't catch, but there's like documented practice footage, apparently, according to like some people of him catching. And he's a pretty good rusher. But honestly, I a guy whose rushing style I liked way more than Kenneth Walker's was James Cook. Pretty explosive. Got some nice moves on him. Feel like he can be a guy that you add in the second or third round that can be an immediate contributor to your offense. So I feel like three good running back draft prospects, but probably go day two in like round three or late round two. Yeah, I, I like James Cook. I think one thing that kind of separates him uh, from some of the other backs, you mentioned Hall, maybe the most complete and, you know, Walker hasn't had as much, you know, documented production in the receiving part. But James Cook to me, like it was really wild watching Georgia last so you're like they'd line him up out wide hope to get a matchup with a linebacker and, and they'd hit him on a streak route so I mean that was obviously something that's cool to see when you see a running back you know lining up out wide and, and making impact plays uh, especially towards the end of the year I think Cook could even be a better pro than he was at Georgia just given the fact that Georgia uses so many different backs you know Zamir White was kind of the other uh, you know focused back that Georgia was able to use last year so I think James Cook entering the NFL could even make more of an impact than he was able to do at Georgia Absolutely. Well, Ryan, thank you so much. You've been an absolute gem in draft coverage. Thank you for joining us so often here over these past few months. And we will see you Friday morning to recap the first round of the NFL game. Appreciate it, Eric. All right. We will see you all Friday morning. Peace out.